Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. My guest this week is Michael Carlo. Uh, Michael, tell us a bit about yourself and your investing journey. Uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And first of all, thank you for inviting me. Um, no yeah, so I've been investing in, in real estate for about 11 years now. Started in 2010, uh, purchased my uh, first property, which was a condo in Florida uh, in April of 2010. I did a couple of deals in Florida, and then in 2013, I was introduced to a real estate investment educational program called Rich Debt Education. Probably many of your listeners know about it. Yeah. Uh, it has different names, uh, Rich Debt Education, Tiger Legacy, that was the latest. So I completed the program in 2014. I did my mentorship. And I started working with, uh, doing my own deals. I started working with investors uh, since. Uh, I was full-time employed by then. Formed a company called CFP Group with the purpose of serving the, what I call busy professionals. Uh, people just work. Uh, they want to build wealth with real estate, just uh, need some help, education, guidance. Who simply don't have time or desire to do it on their own. And in 2017, I left the, the workforce and I became full-time real estate investor. So that's what I've been doing since. That's yeah, awesome. so we, uh, yeah, so we work in Canada and uh, United States. Uh, we've got over uh, 110 investors at this point of time, six countries. Yeah, do a bunch of deals. Yeah, it really sounds enjoy. like it. So when you started off doing your, your Florida condos, uh, I'm guessing the, the early days you're using your own money? Yeah, so the first uh, two deals was uh, me, me and a friend of mine, which we became partners, obviously. Uh, yeah. We used uh, land of credit, HELOC. In Canada, in 2010, you could not buy a property in the United States uh, getting local mortgage. And I'm talking about residential. So obviously we, had, we have to use our own money. So the first two deals we did uh, using HELOC in Canada, buying cash in the United States. Then we couldn't do anything because you know we, we, let, we left without any money. Yeah. Uh, and nobody was giving mortgages till 2013 in the US pretty much. Then we were able to refinance uh, the two, two condos and we bought a triplex uh, after the refinance. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So did you do any renovations to this or are you like the market brought these properties up to be able to do the refi? Yeah. So the first property we, we bought, uh, uh, some, somebody bought it from the auction. Uh, they did the rehab and just bought it, uh, uh, you know, nothing to do pretty much. Uh, we knew the, that person was doing, making money on us, but it was fine because it was just the first deal. Yeah. The second one, it was a foreclosure that we were able to get uh, in Miami and we did a little bit of renovations, but it's condo. Yeah. It's way less than what you need to do compared to the single family. It's interesting you mentioned the auctions. Like that's one thing that's always been very interesting to me. Uh, that's interesting to start there. Um, did you have someone who would go to the auction and bid for you or was it an online auction in Florida? No, no, we, we didn't go to the auction. So the first property, somebody went, uh, they got oh. it from the auction, they did rehab and sold it to us. Okay. Yeah. I've bought like that before too. Was yeah. the foreclosure. So the bank couldn't sell it at the auction. Yeah. So it was foreclosed and we bought it from the bank. Gotcha. No, that's, that's a good strategy to do it. Okay. So forward track a little bit you've refinanced those properties you've done some extra education um and now you're you're taking on investors what kind of stuff are you trying to do now well we're doing bigger <laughs> projects now probably yeah. you can see the in the picture in the background so it's 28 units that we're building uh, in phoenix so uh 
yeah, so I've done a bunch of residential deals in Canada in 2014, 15, and 16. And then in Canada, the prices went up. Uh, there was a period of time, 2016, similar to what happened this year, actually. Yeah. I was craziness, prices went up, multi-offers, you just couldn't buy anything. The, because the prices went up, uh, some deals stopped making any sense. So my partner and I said, let's go to the United States and start doing bigger deals. So I was looking at uh, Texas at, and Arizona yep. um, to do bigger deals. We ended up doing uh, projects in Arizona, but Texas obviously was, was a good place too. So our model today is, uh, because we, we, we're in Toronto uh, and the projects are in Arizona, what we do, we partner up with local developers or local what we call sponsors, project sponsors. Yep. They, they bring the deals, they bring the skills, and they're responsible for what we call day-to-day -day operation of the project. We become a financial arm, a capital arm of the project. We bring our investors, and obviously we'll do consulting, and we become co-partners uh, on the project. So typical deals, uh, um, what we call is built for rent. Uh, we buy a piece of land, and we build a bunch of properties, uh, single-family residentials let's say between 14 to, to 50. But the idea is not to sell them one by one to end consumers and buyers. The idea is to rent them out and then you can either refinance or sell uh, the whole project as an income producing asset to a big buyer. It could be a somebody, a high net worth individual or group of people, or in some cases it's just companies that looking to place their funds. So yeah, so that's typically what we do. It's either built for rent uh, or land development that we do, or some cases we, we bought a couple of um, office buildings that we do repositioning. So it's larger commercial deals today. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, so this is, you're gonna keep the property all as one address, right? You're not gonna sever it up and do residential loans. You do one commercial loan over the whole thing and keep all the lots separate. Is that right? So you get one, commercial loan for construction, to purchase yeah. of the land and construction and whatever we need to top up, we bring our investors. Okay. But when we build, uh, every property has its own title. So it's a single okay. that we can sell if we want, but by the definition, what we, we want, what we do is we build them all at once. And, and so, then people don't get, because it's a rental, uh, the, the, low, the construction cost is a little lower uh, the finishes are lower and people don't get to to choose what kind of finishes they want. So speeds up the, the construction. But if we decide to sell one by one, we, can, we still can do it. And that's the beauty. Yeah, that's that's really the beauty because multiple exit strategies, right? You can sell it yes. to one person, you can sell it to uh, a whole, like a, another syndicator or something like that. And I'm guessing when you're raising your money, it's like in a pool, you're not like this property, this property, this property, it's not like all separated out per investor. Yeah, so we, we, we raise the money per project. Okay. okay. We, we've got over 10 projects going at the same time, pretty much. So for every project we open a separate entity and when people invest, they invest in the entity. So this is similar to, let's say owning shares in a public traded company, just uh, here we buy hard assets, yep. land or, but people get shares or units in the entity that owns the project. Okay, so it's not a person per, yep. per house, it's person, yep. I mean, a bunch of people for per project, yeah. Okay, so then you're doing, it's sort of set up similar to like a, a syndication, right? 
Yeah, we open LP, which is limited LP. partnership, right? Yeah. Uh, for Canadian investors, uh, this is the, the best form today. For Americans, they mostly open LLCs, yeah. liability corporations, uh, because CRA does not recognize it as a flow through. In Canada, uh, we do it as LP. The difference between LLC and LP is that LLC could be one single person. With LP, the structure is you need to have a uh, general partner and limited partners. But we, because we've got multiple people investing, so we typically become general partners and all investors become limited partners. So that's the entity that owns the project. Cool. And then with these, since they're designed for rentals, do what kind of finishes do you go? You're probably not going up to a fix and flip level of finishes, I would guess. They, they're pretty decent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but not the highest, uh, you know, $2 million, $2 million homes yep. standard. So you still get uh, stainless steel appliances and, and hardwoods and everything, but uh, some, some finishes could be, could be higher. But again, it, it allows us to, to lower the cost. And, and when you do build for rent, the, the um, financing is different because uh, let's say the project that you see behind me, uh, when, when we want to sell one by one, the lender would uh, give us, let's say, money for six homes to build, and then we, we need to sell and, and sort of recycle the, the money. When you do build for rent, you need to build all 20 plus at once. So the, uh, the construction is different. Sorry, construction and construction financing is different. So, yeah, need to take that into uh, consideration. Obviously. No kidding. And so, um, just to kind of pry into your financing a little bit, would it be like um, if you're doing like single family homes where you're doing like a, a 90% leverage rate with the bank and you're raising 10 or what kind of, I know it's diff different with commercials when I was doing my commercial shopping, the loan to venues tend to be a lot lower. Yeah, so we obviously it's different. Uh, so for, for commercial, typically uh, a loan is, is broken into two parts. The first part is, is the purchase of the land Typically, the lenders would go up to uh, 65%. Some cases could be up to 70%. So oh, we need to bring the, the rest of the funds. And then when the construction starts, uh, we do it in draws, meaning the, uh, we need to, to do complete part of the work. And then we go to the lender and show that we completed the work and they give us money for the work that was already completed. So it's a little different in, in the commercial world. Yeah. Oh no. I still I still do the draws and stuff. It's all it's just the land and the the the, the original startup is the the main difference. Cool. Yeah. And when you're you mentioned you have to do them all together. Uh, I'm sure that skews your your timelines a little bit longer. Like what kind of um, timeline? Like how would these projects run? With the timeline to complete the renovation, is there a refinance? And then what? How? What's the length of the project you sell to the investor? Yeah. So. So one of the reasons we, we uh, selected Arizona is because Arizona doesn't have winters. Uh, we don't deal with unions and we don't deal with basements. Okay, because the, the lead is so hard, we don't dig. So the construction is actually uh, much faster. Uh, Arizona be became such you know hot market today. So the, the, the majority of the time goes to get the approvals from the city. Uh, but it's fast, it's extremely fast. So the fastest project we've done was 15 months from the acquisition of the land until the exit from the project. That included uh, acquisition of the land, getting the, the permits approved by the city, construction, renting out and selling. So that's 15 months. So, but typical, typical project length is around two, maybe two and a half years. 
you know, comparing to Toronto, typical timeline for, for a condo here is between five to seven years. Yeah. So our project's smaller, obviously, but way shorter as well. So it's very appealing and sexy to a lot of people to have new construction. Um, what are some of the disadvantages of doing this ground up construction? Yeah, so construction is probably the, the most uh, uh, riskiest part of the, uh, the real estate. Yeah. There are typically four, uh, four major risks that uh, you have to deal with. Well, number one is that the land you buy could be contaminated. So you need to, to go through the uh, uh, verification that the land is clean. That's number one. The second risk is that the city would not approve what you actually plan to build. So you buy the do you, land. Do you do your inspection? Sorry to cut you off. Do you do the inspections yeah. of the land prior to closing? It's probably a condition. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So the second second risk is the um, uh, uh, the city needs to allow you building what you actually planned. Uh, you cannot do it hundred percent prior to the closing, but you you deal with the city and you can understand what the city is going to oppose and whatnot. But it's it's, it's still a risk. The risk number three is actual construction. Um, you know, in here you need to deal with the uh, experienced partners, developers, because many things can go wrong. And I'll just give you an example of, let's say COVID, right? It just comes to your life and then, <laughs> yeah. hey, what are you going to do? Right? Or, or the lumber prices. You, you budget for something and, and the lumber prices went from $300 a year ago to $1,700 uh, just in February. I think that, that was the price. So this is the risk. Right, so you need to take that into consideration. Things are out of your control, and the risk number four is that you finish the product and you couldn't sell. So you need to have backup or second strategies uh, for you. So, a very good example could be 2005 and six, uh, where there was so much overbuilt in Florida, in Arizona, and some other states, and the prices collapsed. So the builders couldn't get rid of those. Right, so that's why we we want to stay with the low lower level of housing and that's why we also do build for rent because if the prices collapsed we just rent them out and went out right that's so that's what we do but yeah it's it's definitely more riskier than just buying an existing product oh definitely um if you're starting this on your very first go and you mentioned that you have to get approval for the blueprints and you know, the cad drawings and everything um before you go pay an architect to all to create this whole thing would it be something like you went found some sort of other project, show it to the city. If I built something like this, would it be okay? Some back and forth before you go drop a whole ton of money on an architect. <laughs> yeah, so so city typically has a, a process called pre, pre-approval or pre-application. Okay. And, and and no, you need to put a little bit of your own money. That's, that's, that's the risk. It's not much, yeah. but you need to put so, some money out of the pocket before before you even start and then you go to the city and show what you want to do. And then you would know if they're going to oppose or not on a high level. So there is out of pocket risks pretty much from day one. Before we bring investors, we, we usually do it on our own. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the risk we take. And if, if something doesn't work, we, we just, uh, you know, dodge the bullet. It is what it is, part of the game. Yep, maybe pivot, come, come up with something different. Cool. Yeah. Michael, what else did I miss talking, asking you about? Is there some other stuff you wanted to tackle on this? Um, well, probably on, on a large level. So, so, so I'll tell you why 
many people opt to work uh, with us yeah. or some other yeah. companies like us. But we were yeah. not the only one. So we we target uh, what we call busy professionals. This is our niche market. A majority of our people are engineers, IT professionals, we got lawyers, doctors. So those are the people just, uh, they, they, they know they can build wealth with the real estate investing. They know they can retire probably 10 years prior, but they're working. So they cannot do it on their own for three reasons. Number one could be time. Number two could be desire to do it. And, and number three could be knowledge. Well, number four, it's a combination of all three. Uh, so the advantage is partnering with a company like us uh, because pretty much they become passive investors and all they need to do is just bring funds and uh, send the papers, right? They, not, if everything goes okay, nothing much to do. That's advantage number one. Advantage number two is that the uh, level of uh, entrance to those projects are much lower compared to if you would want to do a deal on your own. So with us, typ typically we uh, the minimum is $50,000 it's us if it's us project and canadian if it's canadian project yep. right uh so for fifty thousand dollars you cannot do any deal pretty much in, in toronto probably it's not even enough today to put a deposit on pre-construction condo right and you don't need to take a mortgage so that's yeah. that's all you put in a deal right so so people can do multiple projects diversification between the uh, the, the projects and the again uh, different companies there's different level of entry but that's really a little higher on purpose but you can start doing the the real estate investing without taking a mortgage or putting huge amounts of money in dealing with innovations and everything so those are the, the advantages well this advantage is that you're giving your money to somebody else to do a project for you right and people need to be comfortable so here comes the element of trust understanding and uh People, people should be able to, investors should be able to sleep at night. If they don't, uh, tell, always tell people that's not for you. If you're going to lose your sleep, that's not for you. Do, just don't do it. So those are the, the advantages. Uh, I believe United States brings more opportunity than Canada because the price is still lower. Uh, the, the economy is larger. It's You need to select the right market, the right strategy, the right people to work with. And there's so much more opportunity in the United States. Obviously, it's a little more complicated from tax perspective and the way it, uh, things should be managed, but the opportunity is there. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, I, and I totally agree, and I've done it both ways. Um, I've, I've invested in syndications. I've done it myself right from start to finish, and they both have their advantages. I wouldn't stomp on either side of it. Um, <laughs> working with a syndicator yeah. or someone doing the project, it is kind of awesome because you don't do anything. Um, you still usually yeah. get a good return. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it, so, <laughs> but. Well, me, me too. I obviously invest in my own projects, yeah. but I've done many projects where I put my own money and somebody else managed them. I didn't, I didn't ask you that because I didn't know if that's how you did it, but I, I do respect syndicators a lot better who actually invest in their own projects <laughs> as yeah, well. With us, <laughs> yeah, with us, we, we don't touch the project if the project sponsor or developer doesn't put any money and that's uh, with us also right so yeah. there's two two things number one it's integrity if, if my investors invest why we should not be investing alongside with them that's number one number two if i can get let's say two percent annually 
on the project. Why wouldn't I invest, right? So, yep. so yeah, we, we invest alongside with our investors. Alignment, you know, you, yeah. you don't want to lose your money. You want them to wink their money, everything to the point. See, if you're yeah. doing sales, you, you're gonna, you're on both sides. So you gotta make sure that it works for everybody. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good way to keep everybody honest. I love it. Yeah. Michael, if people wanted to track you down, what's the, what's the best place to find you? Well, our website is uh, www.cfpgroup.ca. Okay. Uh, and people can just uh, look up my name on LinkedIn. I've got over 15,000 connections. So, uh, and obviously on Facebook, uh, you just go to just type CFP group in the search and easy to find us. We, we also have a uh, uh, investors uh, community in Toronto. Obviously because of COVID, we uh, don't do any uh, face-to-face -face meetings, but we're about to hopefully to restart soon. So those who are local, uh, there is the Investors Inner Circle page on our website. You're more than welcome to uh, to register, it's free. Uh, it's our way to give back. We don't charge for those meetings. We just come share the knowledge and people come and network and learn from other investors. So by all means, more than welcome to do it. Awesome. Thanks so much. And I'll throw that stuff in the show notes too, if anyone wants a quick link to get there. Um, but thanks again for coming on the show, Michael. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Pleasure.